And I am convinced that I can be saved. I can be made whole. I can be healed. And I can be assured through the power of the resurrection that my Jesus is Lord and that He is coming back to get us. So come quickly, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say to them, Wow, you look marvelous. You know it. Today we'll finish our series we've called Tempted. It's all, all of it's online. If you want to go back and catch any of it that you've missed, there's outlines there along with the message. If you have a hard time going to sleep at night, turn that on. It should knock you out within the first 15 minutes. But uh, today we'll finish up. We'll look at a, an unusual topic, but one that <clears throat> I hope you'll understand as we go along why I'm doing it. But it's the temptation called vanity. Vanity is a temptation. We find ourselves doing and being vain from time to time with statements such as, Boy, I wish I could get that waistline back I had in high school. You ever look at high school pictures and go, Man, who was that guy? You ever look in the mirror and wish your hair was a different color? For women, they, that's no big deal. They just change it. Men, not so much. Men, you ever looked in the mirror and remember those six-pack abs you had in high school? <laughs> or never did? <laughs> Maybe it's more like a keg than it is a six-pack. <laughs> you know, we'll say something. I've got that high school reunion coming up. Boy, i got to look my best. I heard somebody the other day at Weight Watchers, they came in here for their first Weight Watchers meeting, and I was walking through, and she was telling uh, Carla, the, the instructor, she said, oh, I've got a high school reunion coming up. I've got to look my best. So she's here trying to lose weight to look her best. I hope that's several months down the road. But you see, we fall into... Well, I meant for her to accomplish her goal. She's going to need... I mean, she looked fine to me. I didn't see any problem with it. But then I'm going blind, so what does it matter? <clears throat> let's, uh, let's move right along. All right, here we go. But you see, we do fall into that temptation, don't we? It's a universal problem. We used to think it was, mainly we would focus on women being the problem, but now uh, men are equally as part of the problem because we all have physical imperfections that we don't like. It's become big business. Plastic surgery, that's big time. Uh, People spend an ungodly amount of money on clothes, certain kinds of clothes, certain handbags. I mean, a handbag. Really? Just to carry stuff in? And then you gripe because you got so much stuff in there? Cindy was showing me on the red carpet for Oscars. She said, look at this. I said, what am I looking at? She said, you can, say that you can see the fake wannabes because they're carrying their purses 
around their shoulder, hanging off their shoulder. Said, you know that they're just fakes. Said, real stars just carry them little bitty things. They don't carry that big old bag over their shoulder. I thought, who would notice that and who cares? Uh, oh, she's here, yes. I'll hear about it later, yes, I know. <laughs> but so much stuff about beauty and appearance, we, we just get so hung up in that. I got to thinking about that, and so I began to do a little research, and I found some pictures of, kind of three or four well-known, hopefully well-known, they were to me, of people. And uh, they also, well, who, who's this? Do you know her name? Yeah. Yeah, good good news lady. But they caught her one day without makeup. Still kind of a nice looking person, you know. And then the second one. You know her? Goldie Hawn, yeah, yeah, yeah. Private Benjamin. Now, let me before you do this, Jeff, I gotta set this up. This is really bad. Okay, Jeff. Okay, let's go to the next one. Anybody? Jennifer Lawrence. Very good, very good. And here she is. That's, you know, not much different. And then the fourth one. Let's see if you know this one. Take the eyeliner off, and there you go, Tyler Swift. She's a cute little girl, isn't she? I used to think it was just women, but I found some men, too. You know, men are, men are pretty bad. Let's take a look at the first one. You know, the before and after. I look at that and I go, really? Really? That's two different people. It has to be two different people. I mean, the guy doesn't have any hair on the right-hand side. Now, come on. <laughs> Which one was before? <laughs> How about the next one? Now, this is an aging star. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Bad choices in life, you see. He'll be a buck. Yeah, he's got a lot of buck. And then this one. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't even know if that's real. And if it is, that's just not right. I don't care on anybody's scale why that would be. That can't be right. So, you see, that can be a problem. Go ahead and get that off, Jeff, because this... It's, it's spooking me looking at that. Looks like they stuck a little head on top of something. <laughs> That's just... Now, I wanted to take that picture and show it to my trainer and say, okay, hey, I'm never going to be this, okay? Let it go. Romans 12, 3, uh, in your message notes there, um, help us get started. It's an interesting verse from the Bible, um, framed a little bit different, but let's start with... Uh, The words, be honest, I want you to read it with me. Be honest in your estimate of yourselves. And here's the punchline. Measuring your value by how much faith God has given you. There you go. You see, we've got to be honest. In our modern society, honesty is a tough thing to find anymore. You know, even our politicians have no problem standing up and lying. I guess that's what you're supposed to do. Telling the truth, being honest. 
You, know, you see it in you see it in relationships in homes. You see children lying to parents. Where you been? Nowhere. It's like my boys when I'd say, "Who's been in the chocolate chip cookies with chocolate chips all over their face?" I don't know. Not me. They just walked by the kitchen and that stuff jumped up on them and stuck to their face. Funny how that works. Uh, my middle grandson at Jeff and Misty's house. He's he's fun. He is fun. We got a picture this week of him and Misty's only question was, is this what I have to look forward to? Yeah, I'll, I'll let you ask her what the picture was about. I want to define vanity. It's right there on your in your notes. Let's take a look at that. The societal and internal pressure to place an obsessive and unhealthy focus on one's appearance. Know anybody that fits that definition? You know those before and after pictures? Some of them are really dramatic, aren't they? Let's assume that that one guy was a before and then an after. That's pretty dramatic change. Uh, I've seen people do that. I've seen people look one way and, uh, you know, and then sometime later, they, you know, a year or two or whatever, after they've been working on losing weight and, and getting in shape and stuff, boy, they, it really, really changes. One of the fastest growing segments of our society because for years, there have been women, it's been a women's issue about diet, cosmetics, plastic surgery. But the fastest growing segment of plastic surgery is on men. It's on men. Men want to look better. They want to look tighter. They want to look whatever they want to look. In fact, there was a TV show not too long ago where two plastic surgeons would meet with a Client, and the first thing they would say is, tell us what you don't like about yourself. See, there's the first problem. Because what they're saying is, and it's a very haunting question, because what they're saying is, is that I don't agree with what God has put together here. Nose is too big, eyes are out of shape, ears hang out, lips aren't pouty enough. Some people get... Shots in their lips to make them bigger and fatter. Why? Because you can kiss better? Like a duck bill? I don't get it. It's kind of hard to put lipstick when they're sinking in. Hard to put lipstick when they're sinking in. Oh, so we need to blow them up. So we've got to blow them up. So you have more lipstick. Oh, well, sorry, I didn't know that. See, I'm a man. I don't think about that stuff. Matthew twenty three twelve. Jesus is speaking. He says, But those that exalt themselves, in other words, they'll put a better, excessive, unhealthy focus on their appearance. Those who exalt themselves shall be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. What does that mean, and how do we navigate this landmine of vanity? Well, I've got some... Four things, four ways I want you to navigate that. First of all, number one, confess that I am made by God and for God. Confess that I am made by God and for God. 
I saw an article the other day that just really grabbed my heart as I was preparing for this. It was a, it was a, a, an adult man who had a very disfigured face. And his disfigurement was how he was born. And it, it was, it's, it's really hard to look at because his eyes are way, you know, they're off center and, and his cheekbones are kind of protruding and, and it's really, it's very difficult to look at. But in his arms was a little child that looked just like him in the face. I thought, well, maybe it was his own child and he's passed this along. You know what it is? He goes and finds children like that and becomes an example to them of how they'll be okay. And that they're okay. Now, there you go, huh? That's a man who's accepted what God has given him. I told you the little story when I was in college and I went to the Shriners Hospital in Dallas to see a friend who had curvature of the spine. I was getting ready to have surgery and they were going to do it there. As I walked in, this little black boy was in the in the bed, first bed there to the left. And as we walk in, all I heard him say was, Hey, how are you? I didn't even pay attention. You know, I mean, we were looking for our friend. And it was a little ward thing, so we were looking for beds. On, and he said, Hey, 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 don't get by me here. Talk to me. So we stopped, three or four of us from college. We stopped and I looked. The boy had no legs and no arms. Just a torso and a head laying in that bed. And he's going, Hey, 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 how you doing? So we stopped, and of course we'd be in the Bible college studying for ministry type young men that we were. We began to minister to this young man's heart and soul. No, I looked at him and thought, man, how pitiful is that? And he looked at me, and the first thing he said was, hey, you know Jesus? <laughs> I said, oh, that's my line, that's not your line? He said, you know Jesus? I said, yes sir, I do. He goes, man, that's good. He said, you saved then, aren't you? I said, yes, sir, I am. He goes, they're good, so I am too. He said, God's good, isn't he? And I just thought, how can this guy, this kid, have that outlook? Because he ain't worried about stuff, right? He looked in the mirror and says, I see a creation of God. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And yet... We continue to focus and focus on what we don't have instead of what we should have. Vanity is a pride problem. Vanity is a memory issue. So we have to confess over and over and over that we're made by God and we're made for God. We've got to keep telling ourselves that. Look in the mirror. Don't listen to what the TV says. (laughs) Don't, Don't listen to what it says. Don't listen to what your friends say is in and cool and hip. It's time for Christians just to be real and quit being so worried about whether you're hip or not. I'm so glad that we have a church where it doesn't matter. If if you want to come in flip-flops and a pair of shorts, well, come on. I'd rather have you here looking somewhat unkempt than sitting at home doing nothing. Not being challenged by God. Well, we're coming to meet with the king. We should dress accordingly. Hey, when he brought me in, the king brought me into the world, I didn't have anything. Now stop a minute. Get that mind. Get your mind. Mm-mm. Block that thought. Block that thought. And guess what? You're going out the same way.
Today, as we look at how to navigate the landmine of vanity, I want you, I want you to remember who you are and who and what you were created for. Genesis chapter 1, got to go all the way back there. God created people in His own image. And then God did what? God patterned them after Himself. Male and female, He created them. So He made us, He created us, and then He patterned us. Now, I'm not a dress-making person. My father-in-law is. He makes great dresses. I couldn't believe it when I first heard that. I said, yeah, whatever. So I'm at the sewing machine just making dresses. That's what he used to do. That's what he did. It was cheaper than going out and buying them. He'd make them. But he had a, had a pattern to follow. There were patterns all over everywhere and pinned up and you know, he just hadn't sewed them together yet. But he had a pattern. God had a pattern for you and me. And that pattern was Him. Made us in His image. You got it? So don't look down on yourself. Don't think that you're worth nothing. Don't think that. God loves you. God loves you. Patterned you after Him. You see, we need to be more about thanksgiving than we are about criticism. Psalm 139 verse 14 says, I will give Thanks to you because I have been so amazingly and miraculously made. Your works are miraculous and my soul is fully aware of this. I'm amazing. You're amazing. And I'm a miracle. You're a miracle. <laughs> Ashley had a baby this week. Beautiful baby. Kind of a crazy name. Jerica. But that's that, you know, moms get on drugs and they name kids. You, you never know. <laughs> hey, I heard one this week. It was funny. Had two kids, one named Lamangelo, and the other one was Orangelo. Lemon Jello, Orange Jello. That's what she was looking at when she named the children. Lamangelo. Man, I got left out somewhere. I bet that kid has a shimmy about him, though. <laughs> amazing. Little babies are amazing. Brienne had one. A little premature. Oh, he's a, he's a knockdown drag out that one is. He's almost five pounds. Started out what? 2.2 and he's up to five. Hey, been eating Marty's barbecue. I know what's going on. I know what's going on. Slipping that in. Yeah, you want some of this? You want some of that Marty sauce? We're going to fire you up, young man. It's amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. If you can watch a baby be born and grow and not be touched, there's something wrong with you. It is amazing. And you, you and I, are amazingly and miraculously made. Wow. Can you honestly today give thanks to God for the way He created you? Oh, I want you to. But He also created us for a purpose. In Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 10, it says, God has made us what we are. In Christ Jesus, God made us to do good works which God planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. 
So he wants you and me to go about doing good works. So if somebody's waiting in line in front of you, be patient. Oh, and it was hard last night. I was in Walmart. Saturday night at Walmart, there are some strange folks that come to shop at Walmart. Probably any time, but just for some, for some reason last night. And the checkout person we had, I believe it was his first day. Now, you should never leave a new, a new hire at the register by themselves without somebody there to at least help them, right? Oh, not this one. Bless his heart. He left the register twice to go find somebody to help him. And I thought, well, I'll just take my basket and roll on around. Nobody will ever know. Was he here? Who would know? But we all stood there, and one lady behind us was telling us long stories. And Cindy kept looking at me going, don't do it. Don't do it. I said, do what? She said, that. God, we got to stop and remember. God made us for good works. Maybe you wanted to get your car washed yesterday. Drove right in, didn't you? You and 94 other people at the same time. Take us to number two. Number two is consider the damage of vanity. If the positive is not enough, sometimes we need to remember the negative. The positive is you're, you're created by God and for God. The negative is there are some consequences that sin creates. Sometimes you'll have a scar from a bad choice. The scar can be a good reminder. Have a, a little friend. He was he had open heart surgery as young, so they he's got a scar that runs the complete length of his from his navel up to his up to his uh, top of his chest here. And he has a shirt. His mom found a shirt that says, and it's it's written down. How does it? It talks about um, love the scar or something like that. It's kind of an interesting thing. But you see, you got to embrace who you are. And sometimes. There are consequences for the sin that we do. But you know what? God can bring a blessing. What does he say? Beauty can rise from ashes. <laughs> yeah, in the midst of chaos, good things can come. In the midst of evil, good can rise. Oh, over and over and over. But also, those should be times that drive us back to the Lord. But sometimes vanity can get in our way. We can think that answering that text message while we're driving is so important that we don't look up and we have a wreck. There's a lot of, a lot of things that happen. Vanity creates emptiness. Job is a great example. In Job chapter 15 and verse 31, it says, Let them no longer trust in vanity. They are only fooling themselves, for emptiness will be their own and their only reward. Emptiness. Vanity and emptiness go hand in hand. But what damage can vanity cause? Well, I put four for you. First of all, it's depression. Depression. Depression comes from a comparison game. You look at people around you and they have, they have the body type that everybody's supposed to have and you know, all of a sudden, I don't have that, so why don't I have that? 
By the way, today is Ashley's birthday, and yesterday was Lillian's birthday. And they're the same age. That's amazing to me. It's just, it's just amazing. <laughs> Happy birthday to you too. But depression can set in. <laughs> Maybe you've given up on the six-pack and you'll just settle for the two-liter structure. Then there's the damage of deception. Vanity has consequences. As it begins to play out in life, I begin to lie to myself. I begin to convince myself that I must be created properly. God must have messed up on me. He didn't fix me right. And the more I work out in my exercise class, the more I understand that I will never, ever, ever be able to achieve what those 20-something-year-old mothers will. I mean, when he says, throw yourself up against the wall and do a push-up so you're upside down, God never intended for us to walk on our hands. And I can assure you, He never intended for us to do a push-up upside down. But some of them throw themselves up there like this is no big... They look like Spider-Man. What? They maybe know what a burpee is. Yeah. Glory to God. They're just Basketball in this body? Mm-mm. By the way... Jace, congratulations on being in the playoffs, state championship playoffs run here. Jinx high school basketball team. How about that? Beat mighty old Wasso. Number, what do y'all rank? Number eight, beat number four, killed them, crushed them. Well, overtime by two. But in basketball, one's all you need. Well, the fact that they were in the game is, you know. Miracles happen every day, don't they? (laughs) But deception, Botox, surgeries. Of course, it leads to the next one, which is disease. Sometimes we can get damaged by the diseases that some of these things take on. And you've seen some Bad plastic surgeries that didn't go right. And once they're done, they're done. Just leave it alone. Age gracefully. Age gracefully. Currently, there are 24 million people in America who suffer from an eating disorder. That's one out of 18. So look down your row and realize the odds. Oh. See, guys think if you starve yourself for like 18 months that you'll get back into that high school body you used to have. The only problem is at the end of that time, you go act like you're at a buffet forever. You've seen that one commercial where the guy's holding it all in, all of a sudden he relaxes. I mean, the girl walks by, you know. The funniest one to me is the guy's at the gym and he's on the treadmill just running and a good-looking girl comes by and he turns to look and he slips and falls and hits the treadmill, throws him off. On his stomach, and she turns around, he's doing push-ups, you know. (laughs) But the worst of all, the worst of all is disconnection, the damage of disconnection. Vanity ultimately is a trap, and it disconnects us from the positive way that God wants us to see ourselves. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. In the eyes of our mighty God, because He created you to be you. Everybody has a thumbprint. 
And guess what? It's yours. Nobody else's. You have two thumbs, and they're not the same. That's how much fun God had. He said, oh, let me show you this here. So you can put both thumbs down and pray, and they're not the same. They always want your right thumb. Why is it they don't want your left thumb? Because they want everybody to have a right thumb. What if you don't have a thumb? I guess they'll take your left thumb. See what I'm God, God knew what he's doing. God knew exactly what he's doing. When I preached a sermon about image to little black kids at a, at a camp one time, you won't believe this. I said, everybody got one of these? Hold it up. Yep. I said, here's what I want you to say. hi I'm special. <clears throat> you should have heard them kids. Because you are special. You're special. That makes you special. And God made you the only you. Awesome. 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 Takes me to number three. Cultivate our health and our heart. Cultivate our health and our heart. Now, some of you might be saying, you know, finally, Pastor Harold, I'm so glad that you're preaching this sermon because now you're giving me an excuse to go home, cancel my gym membership, and just cancel health, food, and all that stuff. Man, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be who God created me to be. Remember about consequences? About consequences? Our bodies do belong to God, and in order to accomplish God's purpose in our lives, we've got to take care of ourselves. You know, most of you know my story. A couple of years ago, I decided to do something about that because I got tired of not being a good example for God. So 60 pounds later, I've kept it off for two years. I need another 50, 60 pounds off before I can have my knee replacement done. So that's my goal this year is to try to get the rest of that off. So you pray for me. But let me tell you, the first 60 was easy. Now, 60 pounds, that's half of you. I know, I know. For some of you, you're going, man, I disappear. Okay. That's my left leg. You're the size of my left leg. I understand that. But my goal was to become healthier. My cholesterol's down. My blood sugar's down. I mean, I look in the mirror and I think I should be six foot four and a chiseled 175 pounds. <laughs> The consequences of my life choices I still have to deal with. First Corinthians 6, and really should be a kingpin verse for our whole series, but it says, don't you realize that your body is what? The temple of the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives inside you, lives in you, and He's given to you by God. It says, but you do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. What we put in it, how we treat it, all of that. All of that. If our bodies are the temple, we ought to be taking better care of it. And being healthy is a positive thing. Choose better what you eat, how much you eat, when you eat, why you eat. My blood sugars are high in the morning when I know what I've done at night that I shouldn't have done. You don't have to ask me, oh, I wonder how that happened. I can tell you exactly why it happened. Cindy got on to me the other day. She goes, well, you don't check your blood. I said, check my blood sugar every morning. And I know exactly. If it's high, I know why. And then I know what to do to get it back down. That's health. That's good health. And God's going to honor that. He'll honor that in you. He'll honor that in all of us. You know, Marty's learned not only about the treatments that he has to go through, but then about his nutrition. 
about his health. Because it all goes hand in hand. If you have a heart attack, when Don had heart valve, when he had his heart first, first heart thing done, I bet that doctor said, you know, Don, now I've got you all fixed up again, got you all those bypasses in there. Listen, man, I want you to have biscuits and gravy tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that happened for some time. Now you go have all the chicken fried steak you can handle. Don't think I'd have them either. He began to eat healthy. He began to eat better. And look where God's brought him. You see? It all makes a difference. First Timothy 4. Paul says, spend your time and energy in training yourself for spiritual fitness. He goes on to say, physical fitness has some value, but spiritual ex- exercise is much more important for its promises. It promises a reward in both this life and the next. So physical activity is okay, but spiritual exercise is much more important. Well, wouldn't it be great to combine the two? There you go. Spiritual health becomes an issue of the heart. For Samuel 16, the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider this Brad Pitt, Pastor Harold-like appearance. I didn't think he'd quite bring that much, but anyway. Or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things man looks at. Here it is. But man looks at what? And God looks at? 743 times the word heart is used in the Bible. 1 Peter 3, a great verse. A couple of verses, 3 and 4. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as braided hair or the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Instead, it should be, a, be that of your inner self. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is of great worth in God's sight. Is that not a great verse? Don't worry about what's outside. Quit worrying about it. Now take care of it. I'm not telling you to go home and look like a slob. I'm not telling you to do that. But I am telling you to take care of yourself. Be a good example of what God wants you to be. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're the temple. Okay? Now, you're, we're all works in progress, so just keep working at it. Oh, man, I'm getting old. Okay, just keep working at it. Don't worry about how old you are. Just keep working at it. Get better. Get healthy. You can do it. You can do it. We can all do it. So how do we navigate this pervasive landmine of vanity? We have to confess that I'm made by God and for God. Number two, consider the damage of vanity. Number three, cultivate my health and my heart, which takes us into number four, which is really the key to the whole thing. On the back of your outline there is commit my entire image to Jesus Christ. In fact, what I'd like for you to do is to scratch out the word image and write the word life. Because what we need to do is to commit our whole life to Jesus Christ. Not only how we look, not only how we feel, but every aspect of our life. Commit it to Jesus Christ. Easter is in three weeks. Easter is the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is the king, pin, cornerstone of our faith. Without the resurrection, you and I have no hope, period. Give it up. Why do this on Sunday if the resurrection isn't true? How do we know it's true? By faith we know it's true. A man would not give his life up for something that wasn't true. Easter's coming up. 
we're going to have extra services. Why do we do that? Because we want you. Why am I asking you to pray for five weeks ahead for the things on the back of that sheet that I put in your bulletin? Why do I want you to pray for 150 people? Because I wanted to double what we got today. Why don't we shoot for 200? Why don't we go for 500? Why don't we go 1,000? Oh, we couldn't do a thousand in this church building. Sure, we could. It'd just take us about six, seven services to make it happen. Why can't we do that? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I know. You see, church growth happens when you bring people. When we bring people, church growth happens. We're going to do a direct mail. Our first one we're going to do for Easter. And, and, and things have fallen into place so well for that to happen. I, I'm so excited. I just know God is going to bless it. I ask you to pray for that. And one of the things to pray for, pray this direct mail gets in the hands. 7,700 homes that's going into. Just like that. I love it. I love it. It'll be full color. It's going to be bigger than any that I've ever received. In my mail. Right here in our Jinx uh, 74037. That's where we're going to hit first. Hey, you don't know. Baptists can't have all of them. They can't have all of them. Life Church can't have all of them. There's some out there, aren't there? You know them. Just keep praying. Keep asking. Keep inviting. But we're gonna we're gonna have a great day of celebration. We're gonna have our lunch that we always have afterwards after the late service. We're gonna have our Easter egg hunt for the little guys after that. It's just gonna be a great morning for God. We have a great time. I want you to be a part of it. I want you to bring somebody else to be a part of it. And as you're fasting through these next few weeks, I want you to really focus in on that. Let's take a look again at our memory verse, Romans 5.8. But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. You see, Jesus never called us to come when we're whole. He called us to come when we're broken. He calls us to come when we're in need. He calls us to come just as we are. And He's going to do the remaking. He's going to do the reworking. What's He going to do on the outside? Zip. <laughs> What's He going to change? The inside, which then will affect the outside. Amen? You're going to smile more. Things that used to rattle you don't rattle you anymore. You're not going to cut people off in traffic <clears throat> like some of us used to do. You're not going to drive past the speed limit just because you don't need to. You're not going to take your foot off the foot feed because you saw a policeman. Because you're doing the right things. If somebody gives you more change at the cash register, you're going to stop and give it back. Even if you get to your car and realize, take it back. I had one girl tell me when I took it back, she said, well, I can't take it back. I said, well, it's either going to come out of your paycheck or you can take it out of my hand and put it back in your till. So you're not short at the end of the day. And she gave me $20 too much. It's one thing to be a nickel or whatever. But $20? And if she gave me 20 I wonder how many of the she gave 20 to. And they didn't come back. So, know your worth. And know that you were created by God for God's purpose. And I want to close with this verse, 2 Corinthians 5.17. What this means is that those who become Christians become new persons. They are not the same anymore. For the old life is gone, a new life has begun. Now we decide.
I always offer an invitation. And we're going to do that this morning. So I want to find out from you, and I want to challenge you to consider, where are you? Where are you on the spectrum of God in your life or not God in your life? Where are you on the spectrum of knowing whether God cares about you or doesn't care about you? Where are you in the process? So we're going to, I'm going to pray in just a second. We're going to stand and sing after that prayer. And and I just want to ask you one simple thing. How do you see you? And if you don't see yourself in the way that God sees you, as a temple of His Holy Spirit, as being created by Him and patterned after Him, I want you to leave here feeling that way today. And you can. It's that simple. Pray with me. Father, I ask you this morning that you convince the hearts of everyone in this room that they are special to you. All they have to do is just look at their thumbprint and realize that you created them specifically above everything else. And Father, they don't need to compare themselves to anybody or anything. They need to rest and relax and know that they're your kids and that they were created by you and for you and for the purpose you created us for, and that's to do good works to those that we encounter on a day-to-day basis. Father, there may be somebody here that just never has claimed you as their Savior. That's the first step. Then there's a whole bunch of us that have done that, but we've let life get in the way. And we struggle, and we've made mistakes. The good news is, if we'll confess our sin to you, you will cleanse us from every unrighteousness. So God, today's a day of cleansing. Today's a day of renewal. Today's a day of regeneration. Would you give courage to those to respond in Jesus' name? Amen. Let's stand.